Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday Show here on the Culture Jack Podcast. My name is Dustin and I will be your host for today's show. And on today's show, we are going to continue our coverage of this E3 weekend, which I I maybe am not as invested in E3 as I've, I've maybe had the time to be invested in the past, or maybe it's just not as entertaining to me that now that there's not these in-person events going on, that there's actually a, a conference dedicated to this kind of uh, a showcase of games. And so I didn't realize that this is not E3 2021 weekend. This is not even E3 Games Showcase Summer Games Fest for the next week. This is a month-long event, and maybe if if the ads and the articles that I've been reading are anything to be believed, this is going to be a season-long event. This is going to be happening for the rest of summer. Ideally, most of the big announcements will be made in the next five days as we as we cover it, because I just don't know if I will have or Anthony will have or Archimedes will have the energy to continue with this, uh, I guess, protracted slate of showcases. And so this is going to, like I said, continue our coverage. And the last episode we talked about the Summer Games Fest kickoff, the pre-E3 show hosted by Jeff Keighley. And that show happened on the 10th, on June 10th. This show also happened on June 10th, though I just did not get an, uh, an opportunity to record it. So here I am talking. I'm already a day late, and we're only one day into this thing. I, by the end of it, it's going to be three weeks since the conference, and we're still going to have showcases that we need to cover. Not if I can help it. I'm going to remedy that right now. So this showcase went on right after right after the Summer Games Fest kickoff with Jeff Keighley, and it is called Day of the Devs. And so this is where a bunch of developers, typically it is more focused on indie developers or maybe not as big of studios. It's hosted by, what is the gentleman's name from Double Fine Productions? He's like... He's like the head guy at Double Fine. Hold on, I've I've got to I've got to look that up. Double Fine. What is he? A CEO? Tim Schaefer. Yeah, it's Tim Schaefer, and he's got a, a beautiful, glorious beard. Uh, <laughs> if you if you do a Google search for Tim Schaefer, he will not have the amazing beard that he has in this showcase. So after you do your Google search and you're disappointed. By the lack of facial hair on this man's face, go watch the showcase, or at least the very beginning of the showcase, and see him at his full glory, because he's not well represented on a simple Google search. So jumping right into the games, uh, it started out with a game called uh, Axiom Verge 2. Now, these games were whipping by one after the other, and I'm trying to take notes. I'm pausing and rewinding where I can, where I feel... Uh, the opportunity arises. However, 
Sometimes I was able to snatch up who the publisher was for the game, and sometimes I was able to snatch up when the release date for the game was. If there are any games that I miss, I am not giving adequate, I guess, accolades to, or not giving adequate credit to the creators, the studios, the developers, the publishers of those games. Let me know if there are games that I missed entirely, uh, spoiler alert, there's not. I was very thorough. Uh, please let me know that as well. And let me know what were some of your favorite games from this showcase or the kickoff event uh, previously or any of the events that we cover in our E3 2021 coverage this year on Culture Jack. So Axiom Verge 2, it looked like kind of a Metroid-style game, though the, the main character was, was more of a... Uh, kind of a soldier looking lady she's fighting some robots doing some some jumping up and down had some special moves it didn't look like anything too terribly special and what a what a terrible thing for me to say i have never designed a video game why am i over here on my high horse saying oh this game is garbage you're trash kid when i i i've never put together a team to make digital art which is what these things are the game looked fine uh not my cup of tea maybe the next game that we have is uh, Toem Photo Adventure. So this looks kind of like a, a Pokemon Snap style game where you go around and take pictures of things. It's in black and white. Oh, that reminds me. I saw another game about taking pictures. But you take pictures of the environment, and then you move that environment around to other places, which looked way cooler than this. This looked pretty cool as well. No, it didn't. What am I doing? I am <laughs> I am a pendulum right now, swinging from overly critical and negative all the way back to the other side of the spectrum to uh, a lying man who is, is overly positive. And I, I don't mean to do that. Tome Photo Adventure is like a black and white photography game. Then there was a game called Phantom Abyss. And this game is actually like a really cool concept. You can tell it's still a little rough around the edges, of course. Um, but it is a, like a speedrunning game. And what's cool about it is your first-person perspective and you have a whip that you use. And you can use the whip to grapple up to higher locations. You can get different whips that will give you different kind of buffs for your character. And it is a very procedurally generated roguelike style game where you go into a temple and you are expected with a maximum of three HP, three hearts, three hits until you're dead to run through this temple, collect an artifact and then leave the temple. Now, where this game is so unique, I mean, it, it reminds you of Indiana Jones right away, grabbing the artifact, running from the boulder or whatever is throughout the temple there are traps, there are spikes, maybe arrows, spinning blades, rotating spikes, and then there's also guardians of these, of these different temples that are very unique. Like you go into a temple for the first time, it is a unique temple. Uh, if you die in the temple, you do not get another chance to complete that temple. You reload the game, it procedurally generates another temple for you, but that first temple, you will never get another shot at. So that, that's the first very unique thing about this game. And then, if you, you, you don't die, you manage to make it through the temple, 
there are other players who have attempted that same Temple's run. And if those players died during the run, well, then they're phantoms. You, you think of like the ghost race cars in racing games that uh, on, on speed trials where they, they race around the track against you. These phantoms are in the temple with you. But the thing is, they have an effect on your run in that temple. So if they set off a trap, well, you could potentially be harmed by that trap or they could set it off for you so you could make it through without being hurt. But uh, it, it's it's fun to see these other players runs. You can also see where they made mistakes, of course, and then make sure that your run doesn't have similar such mistakes in it. Now, the third unique thing about this game, it, it, it caught me completely by surprise because the day of the devs, I've watched it before in previous years. And I, I always remember uh, it, it just be being kind of a, a blase event like it wasn't any there wasn't anything show stopping or anything really that captured my attention. But this game really did. The third thing is you go through the temple, you grab the artifact, you're faster than all of these shadows that have tried to complete it before. Mind you, they have died and so they will never get another chance to complete it. And if you escape from that temple with that artifact, the first person who leaves the temple with the artifact that temple is then closed off forever and no other player can access it again. You are now the owner the, the of the bragging rights for that temple's run. And then all the other temples are procedurally generated. Of course, you know, similar bosses will appear, similar traps, similar layouts, but they will all be a one-run kind of temple. I think it's a very interesting very interesting concept that only one person will ever beat a, a single level. Uh, then we had Garden Story coming out in summer 2021. It, it looks like a like a Stardew Valley type game. You know, there's harvesting, there's there's farming, there's land clearing, that sort of thing. Oh, about Phantom Abyss before I go on. It is, I believe, maybe out now as a demo. Maybe not. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. Like I said, I was going through this stuff very, very quick. Uh, another game called Soup Pot is a cooking game. And then there was this, this game looked really, really cool. I, I love like Tim Burton, clay animated, you know, Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas, that sort of thing. Um, clay animated or stop motion animated movies and entertainment. This game called Vaca Bulantis, it is a stop motion game. And so it's it's 2D and 3D. And, and by 2D, I mean, you know, it's like a side scroller, but then you can also uh, traverse vertically up or down as well. Um, and the characters are stop motion characters they're they're figurines that have been posed in so many different positions that then the programmers can use those character models to create movement with the character and i i don't think i've ever seen a claymated game before maybe besides clay fighter 63 and a third or or was that even claymated i don't know but this one is and one of the really unique things it, it, the developers were talking about it a little bit is they would pose a character and then they would take a, a picture of that pose with the light being cast 
in a certain direction. Then they would move the light to a maybe 30 degrees on the character, take another photo. They'd move the light again. They'd take another photo. They'd move the light again. And so for every single movement of the character, the light was moved into several different positions. So the character's lighting could be affected by the lighting in the game as well. And it was just mind-blowing, that kind of thought, time, precision, and, and meticulous kind of game making that this would require. Very cool. Uh, Road 96 was another game that they showcased where basically you, you play as a refugee. Your, your home country is crumbling. It is being taken over by a despot or a tyrannical type of government or something. And so you are hitchhiking. You're out, out on the road. There are very complex story trees from as far as I could tell. Uh, and characters will have very, very specific personality traits as well as you interact with them on your, on your pilgrimage out of this, out of this country. Uh, then there was a really cool looking game. Well, I mean, it was really cool looking to me. We all have our, our own unique game tastes, right? It's called The Wandering Village. And in this one, it looks like a Stardew Valley type game right off the bat. Except, you know, you've got a, you have a legion of workers. And so maybe it's more of a, you think, not, not settlers of Catan, but maybe like a civilization where you send workers out to do specific tasks or something along those lines. Well, you got people, you know, harvesting, you've got people building, you got people burning down, uh, diseased crops that sort of thing building a village but then the game zooms out and all of this this village building all of this sim of a game is taking place on the back uh, the flat rocked back of this six-legged dinosaur looking creature and at one point you can go toward the front toward the head of this dinosaur and you can build a a little standing watchtower with a bullhorn on it. And when you use that bullhorn, you have then trained your dinosaur creature to follow commands like speed up, slow down, sit down, lay down, take a nap, take a break. Uh, I don't know what the other commands are, of course, but it's very interesting. As the creature moves through different biomes, you have different challenges. It'll move through a colder biome or it'll move through a desert biome. And as it moves through those areas, you have to, to make considerations for the changes that are happening in your small village with your crops, with uh, maybe unique mobs that you have to fight. Or It's a very interesting concept and one that I think you could probably end up getting getting quite lost in. Uh, there is another game called Unbeatable. It's like an RPG where you play in a band. It's got two buttons, which is kind of a neat gimmick for it. It's got an up and a down button that you can use, and there's no other controls to it. And as you play in a band, but then also like mobs or enemies attack you while you're in that band, and so you strike the up or down button to deflect or, or fend off from that enemy. I'd have to see, see more from it. Uh, Acid Nerve has another game called Death's Door. Now, this is an interesting one because you look like 
you you play as a Grim Reaper crow. So all these other crows have become lazy and entitled, and they don't want to do anything. Mortality's not really real for them, and you are you're taking some initiative as a Grim Reaper crow, and you are going to deliver people to their great beyond. And there's enemies. It's kind of a like a, a top down. I I don't know if it's procedurally generated. I don't know if it is. Um, one that has roguelike elements, but I know you are a crow. You have the ability to grapple. You have the ability to dodge out of the way, and you and and to slash. You carry your little little sword around as well, and it's out. It's out this summer. Then from Silver Lining Studios, there is a game called Behind the Frame, which I immediately was drawn to because the opening cinematic had a anime style character and I love anime sitting behind an easel doing a little painting and you know she took a big stretch and she wiped off her hands and she stood up and she walked toward the camera uh, and she picked up a painting and then it switched to and that was just a cinematic it switched to a view of her room and became kind of a point and click adventure so I was more excited when it was more anime and then I became less excited when it became more, you know, point and click style puzzle game sort of thing. And this was not the only point and click puzzle sort of game that was uh, that was showcased over the last couple of days. Anyway, uh, a Sobu is OK. A Sobu is not a game. They did feature a, I guess it's a community. It Well, they kept saying, they, they described it in very ambiguous ways. Uh, a Sobu, they said it's a community for creators. Right now it's mostly in Japan to help develop games, to help develop small creators or people with a, a, a dream for a game. Who knows what kind of cut they're taking. They, they must be a publishing house as well to... To help these developers along, but then also reap the benefits from their games. A couple games that they they showcased were uh, Elec Head. It's kind of a cool one, little robot boy. Everything he touches in a 2D side-scrolling uh, game becomes electrified. And when it does, it takes on different elements. You can also detach your head, so you're only electrifying things with your head. But then I saw a timer ticking down on his body as he jumped platforms to get back to his head. So I assume you can only have your head removed for a short period of time. Demolition Robots, KK was another one that they had. Uh, what was that one? So it was like, looked like a, a top-down kind of battle game. These giant mecha were battling in a city. And then the last one that they showcased was one called Walk, which was very interesting very creepy. Like this is not my kind of game. This is not. This should not be your kind of game, if you have nightmares or you uh, have a proclivity for nightmares before bed. This game. It looks like these streets. There were photos taken of these streets, and in the in the photos, you play as a young girl, and all of it looks like just very staticky, just very kind of not right around the edges. And you are your goal is to walk home, but as night falls these strange creatures come out, including they 
who was the who was the internet sensation character? Momo. Do you remember Momo with her dark black hair and her her chicken body? Kind of like Momo. Or like the the girl that crawls out of the TV from the ring. They start showing up and start trying to prevent you from walking home. I assume to to murder you and eat your soul, but that's just an assumption, not a definitive gameplay element. Do not quote me on that. I would hate to go up against those folks over at Asobu who are hosting all of these wonderful creators. Uh, and then Coat Sync came up with a with a game called Moonglow Bay, and it is a fishing game, and it is set in the 1980s, and I mean, that's basically it. Fishing, as they said in the in the stream, the developer said is usually a side game. It's usually a mini game. It's usually a game that isn't really the focal point of the game. And so they wanted to make a game that was more focused on that fishing aspect. And the game is designed kind of like it looks like Lego blocks being put together. The boat in the water and the fish moving around in the water as the boat traveled traveled through, I saw a school of fish move and it looked very, very good. Although the art style might not might not be for everybody. And then Straka Studio, Straka.studio, showed a game called Loot River. Now Loot River looked awesome. It looked really cool. Uh it's, a, it's like a, a top-down game, and you play as this very, very small character, and there's like a horde of zombies that come to attack you. And, you, of course, you have a sword, you have some kicks, you can fight them off, and you fight them off. And then you get to these blocks, and the blocks are on a river, and when you stand on the block, you then have the ability to, to control the block, and you have the ability to move it up, down, to the side, whatever. And they, they showed some pretty cool gameplay elements with this with this kind of mechanism where they had a horde of zombies attacking them. They stepped on a block. The zombies followed them onto that block. They moved that block away, and then they stepped onto another block and moved that block away, effectively trapping the zombies or at least removing the zombies from, from any kind of danger to the player character. Uh, a lot of the gameplay involved the character moving up and down. Now, it, it does appear to be a procedurally generated roguelike style game as there is a in-world hub that you return to and you collect NPCs as you do your various runs. They also showed off a boss fight where the character was moving around on these platforms back and forth to avoid. It seems like a very difficult mechanic to get your head around and I'm wondering if there's a way to like lock in your character as you're <laughs> as you're moving these pieces around because otherwise it would be it'd be super confusing there is also one thing I wanted to mention about this game is the motions the fighting animations that this small tiny teeny tiny character has they look almost rotoscoped now I've talked about this in previous podcasts or maybe Archimedes has who knows anymore. I feel like we're all so close. We're all, we're all family here at culture jacked. Um, but the, the weapon movements, the fighting animations, they look, they feel like they have weight 
behind them. They look like they, they like there's an, an actual physics that are at work against the character and the character slightly struggles to do a certain thing or moves the left side of their body to throw a right-sided kick or that. And it's very small. The characters in this are very small, so it's hard to tell, but it looked really cool and I really liked it. And it may be an Xbox exclusive. Don't quote me on that, but I did not see the PlayStation logo at the end of the game. Now, this game uh, by Straka Studio, Loot River, Moonglow Bay, uh, behind the frame, Death's Door, all of these games, they obviously these are not the triple A games. These are not the Call of Duty games. These are not Battlefield. These are not Red Dead Redemption. These are not these big games that we're looking forward to. <clears throat> Fable, Breath of the Wild 2. These are games that are probably going to cost you $9, $14 on the Xbox Store, on the PlayStation Store, on Steam. And they also look like they could be games that would be really well equipped to be games for Xbox Game Pass. So I'm looking forward to looking at the new selection of Game Pass games in the coming months to see which of these games, if any, made it onto that service. The next game is one called Despelote, and it's the animation in this is so weird. Like the setting in it is so weird. Basically what they did is they took a photo or maybe they took several photos and they, they animated them into a 3d world. So it looks like a flat photo, but you can move around it and the environments react like you were in a 3d space. However, all of the characters in the game look like they were hand-drawn on white paper with black lines. And so very simple animations. And another thing that was very interesting is, so you play as a young boy. I'll tell you what's interesting in a second. I know I do that very often where I'm like, let me, let me tell you a thing. Oh, here's another thing I thought of, and then I tell you the thing that I thought of, and I never get back to the original thing. So I'll tell you what's interesting, but first let me tell you a little bit about it. So you're a boy, and this is during... The, the crumbling of your own government. This is a real world setting, and I, uh, excuse me, I did not know what it was, but soccer is very big. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, wherever it was, this is the first year that your country was to have players in the World Cup. And so, uh, you love soccer, and you're not a soccer player. You, the developer very distinctly said, you do not play any soccer games in this game. You just kick the soccer ball around. So basically, it's you and your buddies kicking a soccer ball around. Sometimes it deflates. Sometimes it hits someone else's you know, thing that they're working on, knocks someone over, bumps into someone, and they all have reaction to it. Okay, so that's what the game is about. Now, what is interesting about this game, or another thing that's interesting, most of it is interesting, is that there is so much chatter going on by probably your character but at least the characters around you and other NPCs in the game and those conversations when the studio was developing the game are not scripted they are improvised conversations and it sounds like a busy street or a busy park as you listen to these interactions so very interesting very original idea and so often I'm finding myself 
looking behind the curtain of games and going, okay, this is a platformer game. They're gonna, the character's going to move like this. The health system's going to be like this. The loot system is going to be like this. And I, I feel like the older I've gotten, I've been able to, to see the strings that are being pulled. You know, I, I've been able to kind of see the inner workings of a game and, and it takes me out of that magic of the game a little bit. And so it's always refreshing when you get a game like this. This is not my style of game either. I probably will not play this. It looks incredibly boring. There's nothing to kill or shoot. You just kick a soccer ball around with your young friends. When I see a game like this, though, it makes me think, thank goodness there are still original ideas. And thank goodness there are still people that are brave enough to execute on those original ideas. That they are not just stuck in the the mold of a, a platformer game or a racing game or a fighting game that is very cookie cutter and you could do one after the next, after the next, after the next. Every game has a gimmick, but it's nice to see new gimmicks, you know, every now and then. And I had, a, I had an idea for a gimmick as well for a game as I've been, as I've been watching these showcases on and off. You know what? I'm, I'm not going to tell you. Maybe I'll tell you at the end of the E3 presentations, but only if you listen to all of our presentations. We're also going to be putting some of our favorite game trailers and announcements over on the Facebook page as well. So if you you know want to check us out on Facebook as well, you know, lend us a like there, lend us a like here, share it with a friend, that would be great. If you are looking and that's the primary reason we are doing this E3 coverage. Because we know that you're busy people. We're busy people too. But if you can take the E3 coverage, pack it up into a podcast and put it in your ear as you go about your daily life, you might be informed maybe about a game that you otherwise would not have sat through an entire showcase for. And so that's why we're doing this. We're doing this for you because we care about you and we miss you. Come home. It's been too long. <laughs> and then the variable state uh, partnered with Anna Perna Interactive, uh, which I think, I think in the last showcase we saw that other one, the Hyperlight Drifter one. What was that called? And that wasn't Hyperlight Drifter. But it was the same studio that made that, but the other one. You know the one. Go listen to the last episode. Uh, this game is called Last Stop. It is a, another story game. With otherworldly elements. Woo. So again, really not my cup of tea. These point and click things. These, um, I guess, learn about your friends and neighbors via a very boring exposition all the time and no action. And that's coming out July 22nd, 2021. I really just can get really nasty sometimes. And I apologize. That is not right. It's not right for me to do. But I need to be objective. I need to tell you what I like. And then uh, finally... Uh, at the very end of the, the showcase here, it talked about Annapurna Interactive, the game studio that I just mentioned. Apparently, they are going to have an interactive showcase with more reveals, probably more gameplay from some of the stuff that we've seen on July 29th, including at last year's E3, they made the debut that teaser trailer for that cat game where you're the cat with the backpack in the robot world. And so 
Hopefully there'll be some more information on July 29th. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. These showcases are going to go on all summer. We will try and keep you abreast, whether it is in a format like this, where this is exclusively what we are covering for the next week, or it falls into the Weekend Wire or the Culture Jack News Desk in some other way that we can get that information out to you. But get that information out to you, we most certainly will. And that is it for the Day of Devs at the E3 2021 week. I guess it is. (laughs) Make sure you check out our other shows. Check out our continuing coverage of the E3 presentations that are going to happen throughout this weekend into next week. And maybe throughout the summer, we are titling them differently in our playlist, in our library. So uh, you can very easily find which ones those are, which ones you've which ones you've missed. Leave us a review. On the streamer that you are listening to us on, it would help us out a great deal. Not to mention, it would let us know that if even us covering an event like this is something that you are continued <laughs> to have interest in. Um, you can get a, get a hold of the show, like I said, for games that we've missed, for things that you want us to talk about at uh, Facebook and Twitter at Culture Jacked or an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good weekend. We will see you, well, we'll see you tomorrow. Or we'll see you in the next episode that we'll do tonight. Who knows? Who knows? We've had all kinds of... It's the 11th today. So this Day of the Devs is coming out one day after the Day of the Devs. We had a few today. We had the uh, Cock Prime Gaming... No, it wasn't Prime Gaming. It was Prime Matter presentation, which... Spoiler alert, that was the absolute worst E3 presentation that I've ever seen. They're new, we'll cut them some slack, but Prime Matter, next time, don't let it happen like that. Then we've also got the IGN Expo, which promises new game trailers, new reveals, and new exclusives on that as well. So stay tuned, have a good weekend, and cheers. Cheers.